Hey, Shannon. Hi, yeah, Marcia. What's going on? Did you know that podcast is a Greek word? What? <laughs> it is. Okay, no, no. So, no, listen, listen to me. It comes from the word pod, which means foot. And what do you do with your feet? You walk. Uh. So, right. But then when you're on a leisurely stroll, what do you do? You listen to a podcast. <laughs> there you go. Podcast <laughs> is a Greek word. It is. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Plaid Skirts in Basic Black, where we make up root words and expect you to believe us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Marcia, and I'm joined by my co-host. Hi. Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> and on today's podcast, we're going to be going back to the what, early 2000s, Ch- Chicago Circle, the early 2000s, to talk about my big fat Greek wedding. Hooray! So, hooray! I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm also super excited. Okay. Yay, it's here. We, we've been talking about this forever. But before mm-hmm. we start, because we got to make sure that... You know, um, before we start, we got to get some housekeeping things out of the way, and then we can talk mm-hmm. all about our friends, <laughs> the porticoluses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Shannon, you've got something to tell everyone, right? Yeah, so we have a very special announcement that we've been waiting a little bit to tell you guys about um, until everything has been in place. But we are very excited. Both Marcia and I are going to be featured Uh, storytellers on another podcast called Rua Storytellers. Um, So the word Rua is a Hebrew word for wind or breath or spirit. Oftentimes when you hear about God's spirit in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word that's being used is um, Rua. And um, it's really a great word. And I'm so excited because it's such a great thing for this podcast. So there's going to be just daily stories of women telling stories about advent around the theme of longing and they'll be about five to ten minutes so you can just pop it in get a little like spiritual uh buzz going <laughs> for the day and um and listen to that so marcia and i will be somewhere in the middle of there i think i know i'm on the feast of our lady of guadalupe you'll hear my voice which is exciting because i love our lady of guadalupe um and marcia is somewhere a little bit before that if no i'm after that i'm on my birthday oh. Is that so funny? I'm scheduled. Very close. I know. So I'm going to be on December 22nd, which was crazy when I saw the schedule. I was like, that's my birthday. So you will be hearing me. I'll be 39 when you, when I, my voice will be 39, but on that day I will be 40. So it's going to be, whoa, blast from the past, everybody. Blast Blast from the past. something marcia (laughs) um and we're very excited to partner with jules miles who um is the uh producer of mystery through manners podcast which you've heard us recommend on this podcast before uh as well as uh, amanda martinez beck who uh is a wonderful book out in the world uh and i can't remember what it's called right now and i'm so sorry amanda (laughs) um but they will talk about it more um (laughs) <laughs> the producers of this podcast and uh, Rua. And so you can get all the information at ruastorytellers.com. Uh, Rua is spelled R-U-A-H, ruastorytellers.com. Or you can follow them on Instagram at ruastorytellers. So, so excited to share that I with know. you. And we'll be 
um, definitely promoting that through our social media feeds and everything else. So uh, check it out. Yes, check it out. So speaking of checking it out, it's time for a weather check. <laughs> right? Look at me. I'm real good. I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing amazing work here. I'm doing the Lord's work here on this podcast. Okay. So, um, I know you just talked, Shannon. I know you did, but you're you're usually first. So, Shannon, tell us about the weather in your neck of the woods. Yeah, so I actually wrote this down early today, thinking about this. Um, today, I am calling my weather the Tempest at Sea. Like, I'm on a <laughs> boat. I'm, like, in the perfect storm movie. If you've seen that, oh, the boat's just I was like, is this, like, flying all over the place. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm going to make it out. My boat is not going to overturn. Uh, spoiler alert for, like, a 20-year-old movie. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm not even sorry. And, uh, but, no, I have been sick all week. Um just super busy and I really can't miss any more work. I've missed a few uh, days when my grandmother passed away and a few Mm -hmm. other things. Um, So I've just kind of been like physically exhausted, but working because like some things in ministry, you just can't like call in sick. There's no like, it's not like when you work at a retail store and like they just call somebody else to pick up some extra hours. Like if you're the one leading the Bible study. You're leading the Bible study. Nobody else can really lead the Bible study. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, that's the the thing about, you know, being in a in a line of work where you your breadth of knowledge is uh something that's required. Um is that when your breadth of knowledge is not available, then things don't happen. (laughs) So um but I am very excited. Because after 10 years, I have finally um, pulled the trigger. Yes. And I have purple hair. And I'm so excited. (laughs) You follow me on Instagram, you'll see that. Um, It's not super purple where you're like, oh, my God, what happened to this woman? Um, But it is definitely purple. And I'm so excited. And I've been grinning ear to ear. My husband was like, you're really just so happy about this, aren't you? And I just looked over at him and grinned. Um, Because that's what Mm -hmm. I just... I'm so excited. It's great. I have purple hair. Yay. Yay. <laughs> for Advent. <laughs> Woohoo. Yay. I should get pink hair just for one week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my weather, um, it's been pretty much like a, like a little bit chilly, uh, but not too bad. It's like jean jacket weather, but like jean jacket with the mm-hmm. scarf weather. <laughs> So it's just a little bit chilly. Um, I'm kind of like I said about, we talked about last week about how it's just been, it's been a cold front. So that cold front has uh, calmed down a little bit. And I think it's just, things are getting about normal, you Mm know, Um, just in life, in my house, in my job, everything is just kind of, it's a little bit chilly, but like I long for it to be a little bit warmer, but I'm okay with where it's at. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like I can function in this weather. Like mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. everything is fine. Um, I have been lately before I go to bed at night. Um, so there's this app called Marco Polo. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can I don't know if you guys heard about it, but you can you know, send messages to your friends and they're just little video messages. You can join in a conversation and we I'm on one group message. I'm on a board. I'm on the board for New Wave Feminist and we have a group message, Marco Polo, and we all talk through that. But before that it was just my friends and I would leave each other messages and Amanda, my friend who passed away this past February, and I we would leave we would do Marco Polo every day. 
right? Like I would send one before bed um, for her for the morning and she would be up and out of the house before I woke up. So she would send me a good morning one too. And so the last few nights, it's been really great. Like I've just been going back to that app and I'm listening to like a few of her random messages that have been ridiculous. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like, um, we're just because she is ridiculous and, uh, it's been, it's been really nice. And so it's just kind of like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad and I miss her. Um, but it's just been nice to revisit. And it's just, that's why I'm like saying like the weather, like I can function in this weather. Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. things are getting about normal. Like, cause things won't, I think that a lot has changed for me this year that things won't ever get to back to be normal the way they were. But I was like, I'm getting comfortable and I can function and you know, <laughs> uh, life is good. It's not horrible and we can roll with the punches. And so, uh, it's, you know, so that's just kind of really, it's just been a really beautiful thing to do for the last like couple days, you know? Just kind of hang out with my friend, even though not in a weird, creepy way where there's voodoo involved, because <laughs> yeah. that would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So let's get into it. Okay. All right. Like, so we are going to talk about my big fag Greek wedding and we are yep. going to be excited. Um, we never gush on this podcast ever. No. Right? Mm-hmm. We, we never, ever gush. So don't expect that from us at all. Um, so my big fag Greek <laughs> wedding, like I said, it came out in 2002. And Ania Vardalis wrote it. She was discovered by Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks, who mm-hmm. uh, they saw her do a stand-up or some t- sort of thing. And, and she talked about a Greek family. And Rita Wilson was like, I am from a whole Greek family. I totally get this. And <laughs> Tom Hanks. And they were like, well, let, Rita Wilson was behind it, you know, mm-hmm. um, helping her with that. And it was just really great. Um, it was uh, it was nominated for Best Original Screenplay in the Academy mm-hmm. Awards. I don't remember who took it, but um, they were nominated, which is kind mm-hmm. of a big deal. Um, yeah. And it is actually part of a franchise, if you believe it or not, because it did mm-hmm. come out. There was a TV show that only had, I think, about 13 episodes, mm-hmm. um, and that was short-lived. That was in 2003, and it was called My Big Fat Greek Life. And then mm-hmm. they had a sequel that came out three years ago called My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. So mm-hmm. it's uh so I mean so there it was. So I just wanted to let you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> For people who hadn't seen it, that just a little bit of background. It's one of my favorite movies. It's one of the most quotable movies I have over mm-hmm. several friends. Like you know how a mm-hmm. group of friends like you have nope, I've got a couple friends groups mm-hmm. that my big fat Greek wedding is a go to. So um yeah. So so let's 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 talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, we, Shannon and I both want to talk about, like, our top five quotes each. Well, yes. not quite each, because we noticed, have one the same. before we get into these, the one quote that we both didn't put in. I know! I just... We say to each other all, all the, the time. time. I think it's because we both thought the other was going to be there. So we're going to say it right now. Uh, there's a scene in which Ian, the fiancé, is getting baptized. And Gus is talking to him about how wonderful it is that he's finally going to be baptized, laying it on real thick. And he says... Nikki gonna, gonna be, be a, a godmother. godmother. <laughs> Nikki gonna be a godmother. She's over there doing something rather inappropriate, <laughs> adjusting her shirt. And, right. um, but this is a line that uh, Marcia is my youngest daughter, Megan, her godmother. So this is a line we say to each other all the time. And anytime there's a baptism in my family, we're always like, Nikki gonna be a godmother. godmother. Whoever, fill in the name of right? the godmother. 
<laughs> if you'll look so. and see on if like if I have if I put talk about my talk about Megan or in a like mm-hmm. a post or anything, there's always the hashtag Marcia gonna be your godmother. She's gonna be your godmother. <laughs> and so and she said it to Megan on the morning of her baptism. Megan's mm-hmm. just a baby sitting in her chair, and so we're mm-hmm. getting her ready. And Shannon <laughs> just looks over. I think you're putting on her socks or her shoes, and you're like, mm-hmm. Marcia gonna be your godmother. And we're like, Wah! <laughs> or I don't remember what it was. It was so funny. And it made me so happy. I know we say it all the time. Yet it somehow did not make a, this list. It's okay. We got to tell the fun story. All <laughs> so, right. That so, what we're doing this episode to kind of keep it shorter and not gush forever and ever is we're just going to go through our say um, top five quotes each from the movie in no particular order (laughs) why we like them no particular order so we're gonna start marcia you and i picked the same first one yes what is it all right so it's from the scene when maria is talking to tula because she's upset that her dad's making a decision that um basically telling her no to going to take a computer class and her Mm -hmm. mom's like the man may be the head of the house, but the woman is the neck. And she turns the head and tells it where to go. And I was like, yes! <laughs> so yes. I use this all the time. Oh, yes. Uh, it, so at my job, in my life, like, <laughs> I am, first of all, like, in my life, I I... I'm legit the head and the neck of the house, but it's fine. And so we don't say, we're like, it's okay. Phil can be the head of the house. And Phil knows. Phil's like, yeah, that doesn't mean anything because Marcia is the neck and she tells me where to go. And so (laughs) he knows. So we joke around like, it's okay, Phil, you're the head of the house. He's like, that means nothing. And so so it's just really, that's what we use it. Um, And I like to say, um, just because that, at, like, working for the church, Shannon, you know this, right? Uh-huh. The priest is the man, right? And uh-huh. he is the head of the parish. Uh-huh. But in reality, women work for him. <laughs> and they they can sometimes be the ones to tell him where to go. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're the nut. They're like, no, pastor. No, father. <laughs> this is what this is. And this is what... Like, if you if seriously go to any Catholic church, that there is a secretary that is running things. Like, <laughs> like... That is real. Like, she is the neck. She's all day long the neck. <laughs> You're laughing because it's true. She can't admit things on microphone. But I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling y'all. <laughs> that secretary is the neck. <laughs> what do you have to say about it, Shannon? <laughs> yeah, so I just had two things to add. First, like, this just shows, like, the way that Maria not only says this line, but then handles it afterwards. Handle. She's like laying on the guilt, like <laughs> telling Gus, how do I live without you? I can't even tie my shoe. Obviously. Lucky for you. <laughs> and uh, it just shows she's like a queen of manipulation, which isn't necessarily the greatest thing for a marriage. But like you understand that like 40 year marriage thing dynamic definitely happens. Uh, but it makes for great comedy. Um, <laughs> so that uh, that's there. But also like I just really think that 
Um, it shows how women always find a way to get stuff done and get what needs to happen mm-hmm. and what's right done, um, even when we have to, like, operate within a system, right? Even if we have to ar- operate in a patriarchal structure, and I'm saying that just meaning, like, the father is the head of the house, mm-hmm. it's patriarchal by default, right, if that's the way you're talking, um, that we just, we get it done. That's what we do. And uh, I love, I just love that line. And we quote that a lot in my family as well. Uh, so it, it comes out often, like every holiday. Uh, okay, so that's number number five. Let's count down, even though it's no particular, no particular order. order. What do you got for number four? Okay, so I have the line at the wedding when Gus goes up to give a talk, and it's just the sweetest thing. And he's like, "Do you know?" He's like, "We're you're not Greek, but you know Miller is a Greek word." <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, what? And then he's like, you know, um, he's like, well, Miller's come from Milo's, which means apple. <laughs> right? And it's like, in Portocalas, it means orange. And so apples and oranges, we're all just fruit. <laughs> and it was the sweetest. <laughs> I'm sure I'm totally yeah. paraphrasing and misquoting. But like, yeah. um, but that's pretty much the gist of it. It was such a great moment because mm-hmm. after everything that leading up to that moment, there was like turmoil mm-hmm. And unwillingness to accept change and growth. And um, Gus is like, we're not different. Like, we're not different. Like, we all love my daughter. We all love each other. You know, like, it was it was such a beautiful moment. He's like, we're all just fruit. And it was like, he accepted. He accepted. What's, it, um, what's the name? What is the dad's name? Yeah. Oh, uh, Rodney and when Harry <laughs> and Harry, <laughs> Harriet, Rodney and Harriet, but Rodney and Harry, uh, we accepted them and accepted the life that they were going to have. And I thought it was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So number four for me, I really love, um, so the scene is, uh, that Tula wants to go work for Thea Vula, her aunt mm-hmm. at the, um, travel agency travel agency thank you <laughs> and uh but she, she has to get permission from her father because of this family dynamic and then vula and maria her mother come up with a plan to like basically trick gus into coming up with the solution they want again master manipulator mm-hmm. maria <laughs> and and vula goes they're fighting about it and she goes i know i know tell me what to say but don't tell me what to say <laughs> She's like, okay. And you see, uh, you see Tula Bordolo's character uh, just kind of be like, what? What are they talking about? Um, and I like, what I like about that is not only is it funny and um, and sort of goes back to that very funny, like, you know, dynamic of women kind of steering men where they want them. But uh, it also, like, kind of speaks to their years of just friendship and the unspoken trust Um that they have and the unspoken understanding that like if you've had a friend that you've had for many many years Mm -hmm. you know you could just give them that look and you know that they're gonna do the thing that you want them to do um and so uh it's just really great to watch them get Gus to sort of go the way they want him to but he has no idea (laughs) (laughs) oh 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 but he thinks it was him see the man the mind Oh, uh, woe is me. <laughs> What's wrong, Vula? <laughs> <laughs> so great. <laughs> All right. Number three for you. 
Okay, so this was when when Ian's baptism after Nikki gonna be his godmother. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Ian's at his baptism, and like, Nikki is so inappropriate, like rubbing oil all oh, over. Yeah. Him. And he's in the kiddie pool at the altar, and the Tula and her family are there, and he's getting dunked, and like everything's in his eye, and he's uh, and then she's looking at him, and he's like. Um, Tula's like, oh gosh, at any moment he's going to be like, oh, you're so not worth this, you know? Um, and mm-hmm. then her brother, Nikki was like, yeah, you are. You know, like, and it was like such mm-hmm. a great conversation. So yeah. It was such a beautiful moment because mm-hmm. I think it, in, in that moment it was, and which ties into my next quote, uh, that I'm going to say later, but in that moment it was everyone, everyone saw her worth. I mean, everyone mm-hmm. might have always seen her worth, but it wasn't until she saw her own worth or even began to um, exhibit her worth that other mm-hmm. people felt comfortable enough to tell her or to affirm it, you mm-hmm. know? And cause she was, she was like, Oh my gosh, like this is happening. I'm not worth this. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you are, you know? And like, yeah. and it was just, and it was so beautiful. Cause then it was like cut to the shot of like him, like in a kiddie pool getting dunked, trying yeah. to like get the hair and the oil and the water out of his eye. And yeah. he's just smiling at her. And I yeah. was like, Oh, that's so beautiful. And I, I, I love that conversation and that moment, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just always made me so happy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so my number three. Um, you just like Vula. Like, that's what it is. I, I love Vula. I love Andrea Martin, I think is her last name. Yes. She's amazing. I love her. If you ever watch the show Great News, it's uh, Tina Fey wrote it. Mm-hmm. But she's the mom. She goes to work at her daughter's news uh, newsroom, oh, and it's hilarious. Amazing. She's that's great. Um, <laughs> so Vula, uh, Vula is being introduced to Ian, and... Uh, says, you know, you got to come over to my house. I'm the best cook. And having five aunts, um, of my mom is one of ten. Yeah. Um, so, like, when we watch this movie and they're like, I have 27 first cousins. I literally mm-hmm. also have 27 first cousins. <laughs> so I highly identify with this family dynamic. Um, but, like, you know, my my aunts are always like, oh, who is your favorite aunt? <laughs> or whatever. So when Vula's like... I'm the best cook in the family, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, tell him, tell him. Of course, of course. And then they're trying to explain that Ian is a vegetarian and he is not able, you know, like in it's not going to work as far as Tula's concerned because they're going to have heaps of meat. And he says, "Well, you know, Ian doesn't eat meat." And Vula freaks out and he says, "What no do you meat? mean he don't eat?" no meat and like the whole there's a record scratch the whole family looks over like this is the most crazy man he's ever seen um and then she goes oh that's okay that's okay i I make lamb like lamb is not meat (laughs) (laughs) that's not meat and they're like Like, (laughs) and you just see uh, like ian and tula just what (laughs) okay whatever um it's just like a seed. It's a great seed that kind of draws out the silly parts of when cultures and ideals clash mm-hmm. um, and and making fun of, you know, how we all kind of go back to like our defaults when we feel uncomfortable that we um, we want to kind of inhabit our own happy space, which is generally our mm-hmm. own culture. Um, but without sort of some of maybe what we get nowadays when we have movies about um, intercultural dynamics or even interracial dynamics that it's just kind of like funny 
and we're like, it's okay. Vula's going to be Vula. Mm-hmm. We don't need to make her into some woke person. And right. we're going to laugh about it. So I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's great. All right. Number two. All right. So when her, so this has context because Tula previously met Ian when mm-hmm. her, and when she was at her family's restaurant and she was the seating hostess was, <laughs> seating hostess, not waitress, seating hostess. <laughs> um at the restaurant and she was so awkward when she saw him like she was like hi like you know like nothing and mm-hmm. didn't really give talk to him gave the wrong person coffee it was a whole thing and mm-hmm. she remembers this and they were out on their first date and he's like so you're greek and she's like yeah and she's like we should go for greek food like greeks don't have enough greek food um like which is so funny i'm like i'm like you're in chicago you absolutely know that's yeah. the funny thing about that line was greeks it was like everywhere the greeks are everywhere but also every greek you know knows someone with a restaurant like yeah. it doesn't yeah. like okay I, this is like tangent, but I'm going to go on it. Right? Like, so I went to high school in the North Shore. I grew up in the North Shore. I grew up in the city of Chicago, like in the city of Chicago. Uh-huh. You, like, and I had very many Greek friends. Like, uh-huh. I went to high school with a bunch, like, a lot, a lot of the girls I went to high school with were Greek, and they all, they all had a family member who had a restaurant. Uh-huh. They all did, right? I, like, they, they, it's fine. And that, that was really funny because he didn't grow up not in Chicago. He grew up in the suburbs, uh-huh. maybe. And uh-huh. I was like, how do you not know this? <laughs> like, every Greek person knows someone <laughs> with a restaurant. And so he's like, and so and it's it's, a, it's real. A lot of this movie is just so real. So he's like, yeah. and she's like, and she's like, yeah. He's like, well, I went to and there's this great restaurant. I know it. Like, um, which is also a lie. You should probably be able to name three to five Greek restaurants that you know. But mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I know it. He's like, it's called Do- Zorba something. And yeah, we should go. I'll take you. <laughs> and she's like, no, we're, I'm good. And he's like, no, she's like, well, dancing Zorba's, my family owns that restaurant. And she like <laughs> zips her water. And she's like, he's like, oh. And then he goes, oh, I remember you. And she's like, yeah, I was going through a phase that started from, you know, from a long time until about now, (laughs) you know, like I was front girl. And the line that I love was like, he's like, I don't remember front girl, but I remember you. And I thought that was, I was like, yeah, I was like, but that's a lie. But yay. (laughs) Like, um, I thought that was so beautiful. He's like, I remember you. Like I had to jog his memory. Yeah. And, and it was one of those things where it's like, there's so much about us that, about our appearance, um, about what we do. And I say this as a person who's got a whole style Instagram, (laughs) um, right. So, um, it styles people like, and I'm like, Oh, right. That like so much of our appearance that we can't cover our spirit. Like there's no way, you know, Mm -hmm. like we can. And I think that's, I thought that was just really beautiful. It was like, no, she did not have great clothes or great hair or great skin. Right. Mm-hmm. None of those things are great. But he remembered her and he says, he remember from girl from girl. He remembered her. And it was like, maybe it was her spirit. Maybe that was what initially mm-hmm. attracted him to her when he saw her through the window. It was like, mm-hmm. there's something familiar about that spirit and that her own mm-hmm. shine that is finally coming through. And I thought that was really beautiful. So mm-hmm. I just, I thought that was a great line. So, yep. All right. Number two for me. Mm-hmm. I love this. Uh, there, it, it, there's an opening montage in which she talks about growing up Greek and her mm-hmm. mom Me and second. her mom's always making food. Even when they're not hungry, they have to eat, which I feel this hardcore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, uh, 
she her mom is is you know kind of guilting them into eating and she goes nico eat your food when i was your age we didn't, we didn't have, have any food <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what? You all the children like rolling their eyes and whatever um and the ironic thing about the, this is like we actually find out later they didn't actually have food so mm-hmm. it's, it's coming from a real place but it was absolutely that steaming hot mm-hmm. plate of mom guilt right. um as a Catholic, I feel like I have this deep well of guilt that just sits there ready to be accessed at any time I need to feel particularly guilty. Um, and so when I, I can identify with the kids in this and like kind of that moment of rolling my eyes, you know, like I've heard my mother not necessarily say this, but definitely like offer it up or things like right. that. Um you know, um, or you can give God one hour of your week. He gives you all the rest, right? Or Jesus <laughs> spent three hours on a cross for you. You can, you know, blah, blah, whatever right. it is, right? Tick off the Catholic mom line. That being said, as a mother, I have absolutely pulled these lines. <laughs> there are people starving. and oh, um, I pulled that line on my kids yeah, here. <laughs> I do it all the time. And I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. It's just, you know, we're perpetuating the guilt. And that's what we should do because we're Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly. Boom. Uh, okay. So our last quote, number one. All right. So it was, uh, it's from when uh, what Gus was driving her friends to their, wherever they were going, maybe to school when mm-hmm. they was trying to make everything into a Greek word, even kimono. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my favorite. And she was just so embarrassed and they all got out of the car and he's like, Hey Tula, don't be ashamed to be Greek. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was one of those things where it was like, you can't ever choose tell your kids to be excited about the things you're excited about, but you shouldn't be ashamed about where you come from. You may not like the way it's expressed and, where it comes from and that line resonates with me. It's always resonated with me because growing up I had an incredibly bold, boldly religious mom and Mm -hmm. grandma where everything was about being saved and sanctified. And you know, like everything was like real (laughs) Pentecostal in my life, like real, like it was, that's what it was. Um, and around my friends, around everything, she would be like preaching the gospel, driving. I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, we just want to go to the movie!" <laughs> like it's all no like it's going to start. Jesus will love me at the movies. <laughs> so, um, and she taught that to me, right? Like, mm-hmm. don't be ashamed to follow to follow God. Don't be yeah. ashamed, you know, to proclaim the gospel. Don't be ashamed, and mm-hmm. um, and it was one of, the, and it's like. Yeah, like, and that, that's such a great lesson. Like, it was like, I mean, it wasn't about, you know, Greek words, but it was, the, I remember, mm-hmm. I, rem- I remember that feeling, that sentiment. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, that awesome. kind of is number one for me. Cause, cause I, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm not, a, here we are on a Catholic podcast. Not ashamed. <laughs> not ashamed. Not ashamed not at ashamed. all. Um, yeah, so mine kind of goes along with that. Like, there's so many beautiful moments of just like family love in this movie. But um, near the end, I think it's supposed to be like the night before the wedding. Um, you know, Tula's talking with her mom and saying like, is my marriage killing dad? And she's Mm -hmm. like, ah, don't worry about it. Um, and kind of going through some of the same discussion that they've been having over the past few months during this engagement. 
Um, and then her mom starts to talk about how she grew up. And this is where we find out she really didn't have food, right? Like she she lived on an island in Greece where, you know, the Turks took over, the Nazi, Nazis took over. And, um, and like for most of her early life, she was in... Um, you know, occupied territory and all of this and like really wondering where her next meal was going to come from. And so they moved to the United States and, and she says, you know, we moved here so that you guys wouldn't have to worry about that. So you guys would have everything we didn't. Uh, and then she says, and I gave you life so that you could live it. Um, and right. And like, not only as a, a kid, you know, when I first watched this, I was probably in my like 20s or so, um, early 20s. And I was like, oh, that's so lovely. Like, my mom loves me like that. And, like, Mm -hmm. it definitely hits you on that level of, like, being reinforced as a kid. Um, But now as a parent, right, like, this line to me really sums up everything that I could say to my kids as a parent, right? Like, I... I want my kids to dive into this wild, wonderful adventure that is life and to live it to the fullest. Um, And, you know, like so much of life is good. And I just want them to experience that and not to worry about whether or not um, me and my husband have little foibles about what they're doing. Now, if they're doing something, you know, stupid, they finna get a beating, but um, (laughs) (laughs) they won't. Because we don't do that, but, <laughs> but if you but they did, would definitely be grounded. <laughs> they would definitely be grounded. Um, so, but like when it comes to exploring what they love and what they want to do and and making friends, like we're never gonna um, try to curb that as long as it's positive for them. Um, and really, like my hope now is just to kind of get out of the way and let them do it. Um, you know, like we don't we don't give our kids life like out of a selfish hopefully, uh, need to, like, have somebody to love us or to hold mm-hmm. on to them, right? The whole point of parenthood is to let them go and to let them be their own people and to experience all that is good about life. So I love that one. I gave you life so that you could mm-hmm. live it. It's beautiful. I just, at the end of the day, this movie is really about families. Yeah. And absolutely love and just awesome. So, so Shannon. Yep. Um, thank you for sharing your quotes. If you guys have any really, really super fun, my big fat Greek wedding quotes that we didn't cover or moments we didn't cover, please let us mm-hmm. know on Instagram at PSBB podcast mm-hmm. or on Twitter. I'll set PSBB podcast and you can email us plat skirts and basic black at gmail.com. Let us know how you feel about my big fat Greek wedding, how much you love it, what your favorite lines are, what your favorite scenes are, things like that. So moving forward, Shannon, I'm yeah. going to ask you to put on your special hat, your Family theology, theology. hat. <laughs> What'd you say? This is more of a history hat. Your, yeah. his, your history hat. Um, <laughs> and talk to us a little bit because this is a Catholic podcast and mm-hmm. the Portocolis family, they are Greek Orthodox. I don't know if you knew they that. Are. They were Greek. They are. <laughs> so, I noticed yeah. that. You notice that? It's so your lucky day to be it. baptized into the Greek Orthodox, Orthodox Church. This <laughs> is <laughs> the best day. Nikki going yeah. to be <laughs> So tell us a little bit about that, Shannon. Yeah, so I'm going to try and keep this short for all of those of you who are interested in intricate theological discussions. But um, for those of us who know a little bit about history, um, you may know that for the first thousand years of the church's history, uh, there was just one Christian church. It was there was the Eastern 
um, half of the church that was kind of in Syria and Greece and Turkey um, and the and the Holy Land as well. Um, and then there was also the Western Church, which is mostly Western Europe, the Roman Empire in the West. Um, and they were still in communion with each other. They had different theological traditions, different liturgical or worship styles. Um, but again, they they really were together. And when there was a controversy or some doctrine needed to be clarified or um, even some liturgical norms needed to be clarified, um, they would, the bishops from every diocese that existed in East and West would get together and they'd have a big council and they'd decide. Sometimes they got into fistfights. St. Uh, Nicholas is known for punching a guy who right. then later declared a heretic. So St. Nicholas, Eastern saint, surprisingly, but we love him so much <laughs> in the West. Um, and, uh, and that was the way it was for the first really thousand years. Um, that being said, uh, under the Emperor Constantine uh, in 1313, Christianity was made a legal religion in the Roman Empire. Most people think that's when it was established as the official religion. It wasn't. It was just made legal. Um, and then later, as he, um, after he died, um, it was made the official religion. But Constantine moved the imperial capital from Rome to Constantinople, which is modern day Istanbul. Constantinople. <laughs> wait, wait. Really quick, Shannon, did you know yes. that every gal in Constantinople lives in Insta Istanbul, not Constantinople? So you have a date <laughs> in Constantinople. She'll be waiting in Istanbul. Istanbul! You guys, look out. We might be giants. <laughs> it's a song. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so Constantine moves the capital of Constantinople. And so political power moves from Rome to Constantinople. Um, and they're still part of the empire in Rome for for the next few hundred years. So there was still some power there. But the political power of Con Constantinople and by um, proximity, its patriarch, which is what the bishop of Constantinople is known in, just began to increase. And so... Um, in the 6th century, around the year 500, Rome falls. We've heard, all heard about this, right? The barbarians, quote-unquote, come in and take over Rome, sack Rome. Um, and so Western Christianity falls into a crisis. Uh, at the same time, Eastern Christianity in the capital city under the protection of the empire is flourishing. Mm -hmm. So we start to see some of these... Um, theological and liturgical differences become more and more like divisions over the next few centuries. Um, around the year 800, then, uh, Charlemagne becomes the Holy Roman Emperor of what is mostly um, Germany and France now, but kind of declared as Rome as well, um, in part to protect the Bishop of Rome. But around that time, due to Charlemagne's influence, Western Christians start to insist on what we call the primacy of Peter. Uh, what that means is that the Bishop of Rome was kind of seen as the head of the church and the final authority over all of the other bishops. Um, Eastern bishops really still see and, and at the time contested that while the Pope might be the person who would be the example for the norms of worship, of liturgy in the West, uh, the same role also belonged to the Patriarch in Constantinople. And so you can't put Rome over Constantinople, they're equal. Um, in addition, when it came to decision making, um, they said that both these bishops were to be considered the first among equals. So neither of them was more important than the other, and all of the bishops were equal, right? So basically that 
when you're making decisions about universal precepts, practices, governance in the church, all of the bishops have to decide, which okay. was the case in, for the most part for the first thousand years. So, That's um, awesome. so this happens around the year 800. Um, this division really increased until we get to 1054. Uh, so in 1054, the Western churches decided without consulting the Eastern churches that they were going to add what's called the filioque clause to the creed. Uh, basically, if you go to church on a Sunday, you know, we recite the creed. So in, in Western churches, Roman Catholic churches, we say that the father or the excuse me, that the spirit proceeds from the father and the son. This was not in the creed at the time. And. Uh, the Western bishops said, yeah, we believe this, so let's add it to the creed. The Eastern bishops did not. <laughs> and so they were kind of upset because, like, that's a big deal, right? What we pray in the creed is what we believe. And so um, that's a change in doctrine. Mm -hmm. And so the Eastern bishops said, hey, you need to consult us on this. And we don't agree, right? They're saying basically to sum up a very long theological argument that by saying that the spirit proceeds from the father and the son, as opposed to proceeding from the father, that... Um, you're you're ending up making the Father and the Son the same person in the Trinity, right? You're blurring the distinction mm. between the persons in the Trinity. It's kind of a big deal when you're Trinitarian monotheists. Um, this is a there's a long, complicated theological theological explanation as to why what the kind of nuances are of why the Eastern bishops were upset. I'm not going to go into that. A podcast is not the place for that unless you're into, like, theology. At least not this podcast. Not this podcast. I'm like, um, Nikki going to be your I'm godmother. people smarter than me. Right. Okay. We'll leave it to people smarter than me. We'll move on. But because of that, kind of last straw was the filioque clause or the, the spirit proceeding from the father and the son. Um, and they, the Eastern bishop said you know, basically said, nope, that's it, and split from the Western Church. So creating the Greek Orthodox Church and the, um, or I shouldn't say Greek Orthodox Church, creating the Orthodox Church in which there are different um, churches within that, Russian, Greek, um, Syrian, all sorts of stuff, and Coptic. Uh, and there are also then everyone in the West stayed with Rome, becoming the Roman Catholic Church. Um and uh, basically, the Eastern bishops and the Western bishops mutually excommunicated each other. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't great. Um, didn't go well. Uh, so in around 1440, there was a Council of Florence uh, that the West held that they tried to an attempt at reconciliation to get over some of these agreements. Um, and they ended up agreeing on most sacraments, most do um, doctrines. But at the end of the day, what couldn't be solved was the idea of the primacy of Peter or the bishop of Rome being the head of the church. Um, and that um, really just couldn't be overcome. And so to this day, uh, that separation, that schism uh, called the Great Schism has uh, remained in place. Mm -hmm. uh, around 1880, a, a small portion of Greek Orthodox communities decided they didn't want to be in schism anymore and wanted to enter back into communion with the Pope and accept Rome as their head. Um, so they made the they per, want to be the next? profession of faith. They want to be the next. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, and they came back to communion with the Bishop of Rome, and then were established as what's called the Byzantine Rite of the Catholic Church. So you'll hear about Byzantine Orthodox and Byzantine Catholics. So Byzantine Catholics are Greek uh, from the Greek um, Orthodox tradition, but have come back into communion with Rome. They still maintain their own liturgical traditions, church structures. Uh, they have married priests. That's always been their tradition, so they, they've maintained that. Um, but they do accept the Pope as the head of the universal church. Um, and there are a lot of different other rites of the Catholic Church from different communions, which you could talk, we could talk about some other time, and I get really nerdy about it. But um, if you ever hear that, there are the Greek Orthodox are the majority of Greeks, uh, and then we have the small contingent of Greek Catholics, Greek Byzantine Catholics. Um, finally, after the Second Vatican Council, both the Orthodox and the Catholic Church really tried to begin new dialogues, kind of aimed at repairing some of these ruptures that have occurred over the past century or so. Um, and there have been really great positive talks over the past 50, 60 years. Um, many of these coming out of that spirit of the Vatican Council to create dialogue across religious traditions. Um, the Catholic Church has now recognized the Orthodox Church as part of the one true Church of Christ, right, big umbrella church. Um, and we recognize that they have maintained apostolic succession, so their bishops come from the line of apostles, um, mm -hmm. unbroken since the, the apostles of Christ. And we also accept that they have valid sacraments. So if you ever have somebody who is Greek Orthodox um, who um, is confirmed, it would be the same confirmation, understanding of confirmation, um, as well as marriage, all of that. We accept their Eucharist, everything. Um, however, the Orthodox don't consider us members of the one true church. They still believe us as outside of communion. So there is some, some healing and work to do there. Uh, they will recognize, however, some of our sacraments, as we recognize baptism for everyone, so do they. Um, they also recognize ordination uh, and a few other things. So if someone, if a Catholic become, priest becomes Orthodox, uh, they don't reordain him. Uh, so there's some really interesting things there that we're both kind of still saying, well, you are really and truly Christian and you really and truly are part of the Church of Christ, but also there's still all that tension. Um, so really, hopefully, I think at the end of the day, what it comes down to is that we're all hoping that we can get back together, that we can or, be one church again. And or we're all just fruit. We, that we're all just fruit. <laughs> Apples and oranges. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> So definitely something that I recommend as part of your prayer, just to pray for a healing in Christ Church, for the Orthodox and Catholics to become one again, um, and that we can all live together serving Jesus, right? There's enough division in our world. The church doesn't need more of it. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Thanks, Shannon. <laughs> no, I I really appreciate when you understand the background. I mean, I feel like that's, we got a whole master's in, but um, <laughs> um, that you're help, you'll help us understand better. Sometimes I don't understand. And when I was taking theology classes formally, I was in high school mm -hmm. and I wasn't paying attention mm -hmm. because I wasn't Catholic and mm -hmm. I didn't care. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I only knew enough for the mm -hmm. test. Even the Catholics probably didn't care very much. <laughs> I don't know. The weird one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I do. I appreciate you always helping us understand a little bit more about the situation and what's going on. So mm -hmm. thank you very much. 
Um, I hope that you guys appreciated this theology lesson. <laughs> theology slash history with Shannon. And that you also listen we'll say to theological history, <laughs> theological history, the theological history moment. Um, and that you take time to listen to We Might Be Giants because that has been in my head now. Uh, Istanbul mm-hmm. is Constantinople because that's the thing that's happening right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is now we've come to that time in our in our in our time together where we. Mm-hmm you know, let you know of some gifts that we have to share because we are many parts, right? Mm-hmm. And we're all one body. Yes. And I feel like the gifts that we have, we are given to share. Yeah, so we will share them. So we'll we share will them share you. them. Welcome to the offertory, everybody. <laughs> so you just spent a lot of time talking. So I'll, I will go ahead. I did. And, <laughs> and I will talk about a couple of things that I have for the operatory. So today, the day we're recording this is November 8th. And we are recording this on November 8th. And yesterday, November 7th, was Red Cup Day at Starbucks, where if you ordered a mm-hmm. holiday drink, you got a free red reusable Red Cup. I missed it for the first time in a really long time. I was very sad because mm-hmm. I had a meeting. Mm-hmm. I was doing some training. But I did get to have my first caramel brulee latte of the season. Mm-hmm. You guys, this drink is amazing, okay? Um, it Yes, it has so many calories, and I didn't substitute anything because none of the syrups that it comes in are sugar-free. So mm-hmm. what I did was I just didn't get them. I just got almond milk instead of, like, you know, the fatty milk, and I didn't get whipped cream, and it was just fine. So I just want to mm-hmm. let you know, <laughs> it's amazing. Caramel no, brulee latte. No food shame. No food shame on this podcast. <laughs> oh, there's no food shame on this podcast. You're absolutely right. There's no food shame. But I just mm-hmm. know myself. I just know myself. I want mm-hmm. I want multiple. I eat a lot of sugar. I I have mm-hmm. I eat Me very too. much candy. Like I, I don't even thing, care. To be honest. Right? What? Like sugar in your greens, sugar yeah. in everything. Everything. So I'm not kidding. Like I love <laughs> and the reason why I make sure, because I have a thing where I'd rather eat my all my calories instead of drink all my calories. Mm-hmm. Like and that's yeah. a personal yeah. Marcia life thing. Um and so mm-hmm. that is why I'm like, I want to drink this thing, but I also want to eat this really good thing. And it's just balance mm-hmm. and health. And so like it's not about, <laughs> you know, food shaming. It's just balance and like just for the balance of it all. I know I'm going to mm-hmm. want this, also want this cookie later. Like, because <laughs> mm-hmm. we still have leftover Halloween candy in this house. Like, it's, I don't know oh, how it survived. Yeah. And I knew, knowing that, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to substitute all the things. <laughs> and so, but, um, well, not all of them. But yeah, so the caramel brulee latte from Starbucks is here and it's so good. It's delicious. I also want to offer the movie Connie and Carla. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever seen it, Shannon? It's mm-hmm. Nia Vardalos. And Tony Collette. And they play performers in like dinner theaters. And I think it's like basically sister act, but with like, <laughs> like, a, but not really. Like they witness a crime. And so they're getting like chased all across the country. And it's mm-hmm. so ridiculous and it's hilarious. And it, and it, pe- not enough people know it. And it makes me sad. So mm. Connie and Carla, there's a great through line in the movie with the musical Mame. And so it's really, it's just, it's just super fun. Uh, another thing I've got like many things. I didn't, I have many parts, many parts. Okay. So another thing is there's this new podcast that I discovered and it's another Catholic podcast. They're not black Catholics, but 
It's called. It's okay. It's called. Are you not like, everyone can be perfect? What? Yeah, not not everyone can be <laughs> right. Thank you. Uh, it's called. Are you like holy? Like that's the name of the podcast, and it's funny because it got my attention because I was like, that name is a great name, and I read it just like mm-hmm. that, and that's how they intend you to read it because mm-hmm. I get it all the time. It's two theology teachers that are in the Midwest. Their names are Katie and Kristen, mm-hmm. and they're the host. Um, the hosts plural. Um, they're hilarious. And hopefully I will get to add them to my tier of best friends soon. Um, mm-hmm. not, probably not like, you know, super high tier. I think you guys are great, but, um, they are actually going to be at NCYC and I'm going to be there and someone actually get to meet them, but we've been communicating. Sweet. And so the podcast is called, are you like holy? And then the <laughs> other thing that I, this is the original thing I had to offer up but I add all the other things because they're funny so Jordan Danae if you follow me on if you follow me on Instagram at Stylish Lucia you know that I wear a lot of Jordan Danae shirts and tops with all my geek chic sayings and things like that and this month her shirt is I think it almost made me cry and I don't know why <laughs> she has a shirt of the month every month and I don't always get her shirt of the month I used to uh, this month it says travel hopefully and it's a line from Doctor Who, uh, from the thirteenth Doctor, mm-hmm. um, when she it's like kind of to close up the the episode of the end of the series the that season, um, and she's giving this whole spiel about how to like even though there's like all this there's all, like this world is awful and it's really hard sometimes and um, but travel hopefully do some good do you know what I mean it's like a whole line and it just all the feels and it just came in the mail yesterday. And I'm a sponsor. Like she, like I am, I'm, she, I'm an ambassador for Jordan Danae. So like I know when, what shirts are coming out and I get them really early um, and things like that. And I, it just made me, it just the whole sentiment behind it. Like I've been warm and fuzzy about it since I knew that since November 1st. (laughs) I I know that seems like so ridiculous, but travel hopefully. So Jordan Danae's clothes, um, all of her stuff, travel hopefully, um, I'll put a discount code in the comments because you can save 15% if you decide to get that shirt. But it's, it's seriously, I'm so excited about it. Like, I can't wait to wear it. Like, I know that's such a weird, like, I was like, I've already know what I'm going to wear with it. Um, so, but yeah, so that, those are, that's it. I have many parts. Shannon, you've got some parts too, right? <laughs> Excellent. I just have two little tiny parts. Um, as you know, it's November. It's cold. Yeah, it I'm is. A summer baby. I need my warmth. Um, <laughs> I do. And so I'm I'm going into cocoon mode right now. That's what I'm going into. So I have two recommendations. The first, to keep warm. Get yourself a fuzzy blanket. Everybody needs fuzzy blankets. Mm-hmm. Just curl up under um, with a nice cup of hot chocolate and snuggle. It's oh, great. my gosh. That'd be Maybe so... you have a cat. Let your cat sit on your lap like my cat is doing right now. Or a caramel blue latte. warm and comfy. Mm-hmm. Moo. <laughs> So beautiful. Uh, And then the second thing, as those of us who black folks know, it's it's that time of the year when we get ashy. It's that time of the year when it starts. Girl. Your hands get all cracked up. You need some lotion. It's time for lotion. It's lotion season. And so I'm recommending, I love Aveeno lotion. Mm -hmm. Aveeno has some, um, especially their... um, uh, it's not called prescription strength, but it's something along those lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's like their top end of the line. Um, I get my hands crack up really bad. Like I, my hands are so bad. 
between the ashiness and then like having kids who need diapers changed and having to wash my hands all the time and doing dishes and Mm -hmm. all that, um, they start to like crack and bleed. So, um, I have, I'm, I'm serious about my lotion folks. Um, So Aveeno has been doing great things for me and, um, I recommend that get it nice and lathered up and keep those hands safe throughout the winter. Yes. Cause it's amazing. Yeah, you're right. Awesome. Yeah. My, uh, my leggings like have like, like, I was like, what's that powder? Oh, that's my dry skin. <laughs> like, like it's that time. Like that's, that's where we are. It's that, like, time. it's that time. Okay. Well, it is also that time for us to say goodbye um, oh, I know. <laughs> so sad. Oh, mom. But it's not time for us to always say goodbye because you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PSBB Podcast, which is a Greek yeah. word. And you can email us at platskirts and basic black at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram. You can follow me, Marcia, at stylishly Sia. You can follow Shannon at Team Quarter Black. That's right. Team Quarter Black. Um, you can also make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. I don't know how you're listening to it. Subscribe to it if you're on Apple Podcasts. If you're on Stitcher, it will soon be on Spotify once they Woo! get I know, like I've submitted it to Spotify. Like, come on, Spotify. Um, make sure to rate us five stars on any of those platforms if you're feeling it. We want to say thank you to Nia Vardalos, to Rita Wilson and mm-hmm. Tom Hanks for making Playtone, <laughs> the production company. Thank you. For my big February wedding. We want to say thank you to Jazar for Seas of Mars, which you know that you are moving and grooving to right now. We want to say thank you to the mm-hmm. maestro, Marty Hagen, for our offertory song. Thank you, Marty Hagen. We are many parts. Thank you, Shannon, for being an awesome co-host. And you can... Thank you. Oh, <laughs> you are welcome. You can join us next week when we talk about the power of confession. So be Yay. prepared with your sins because we are listening. No, we're not. That would be no. so creepy. <laughs> Have a great week, guys. Bye. Bye.